And we welcome you back into Dodger Poke Report for the first edition of the Dodger Poke Down on the Farm podcast. Each week, Dodger Poke is going to release a new edition to the podcast. There will be four different editions, one for Oklahoma City, one for Double A Tulsa, one for High A Great Lakes, and one for Low A Rancho Cucamonga. This one's going to be dedicated to AAA Oklahoma City, so let's get to it and let's talk about the Oklahoma City Dodgers. If you're going to start with Oklahoma City, you got to start with Ryan Pepio, who made his Major League debut just about a week and a half ago, about almost about two weeks ago. He's made two Major League starts. He gave up three earned runs in his six innings total. Yesterday, this is video from his start in Sugarland, where he was completely dominant. Went five innings. He averaged about 15 pitches per inning, so he was very efficient. He was throwing a kind of a 12 to 6 type pitch yesterday as well. His 95 mile an hour four seam was very good, especially up in the zone. So Ryan Pepio in his his A, I should say, his first start back in AAA was very good, very dominant. There's that four seam up in the zone. Just what you would expect for him. So very proud of Ryan Pepio, the effort he gave Oklahoma City yesterday in his five innings of scoreless baseball. Next guy you got to talk about is Michael Grove. Michael Grove made his major league debut. You know, he has added to the 40-man roster over the winter, and so that was one of the reasons, the big reasons why he got the nod because the Dodgers did not have to add anybody else to that 40-man and then and then designate some other Dodger to come back down to Oklahoma City. So that made it, the logistics of choosing somebody who was already on the 40-man gave Michael Grove a big advantage there, and he did very well. We saw that he went four innings, gave up no earned runs. You saw the big 96-mile-an-hour fastball. The the harder breaking ball that he, he threw there is that four-seam up in the zone. You saw the bigger breaking ball that he likes to throw for, for strike one from time to time. I thought Michael Grove, he's a young man. There's 97. That that really pitches off of adrenaline, and, and he creates a lot of adrenaline. And, and, you know, he had a lot of nerves, and I thought he did. There's that big curveball I was talking about that he likes to throw for a strike to get ahead in the count. He likes to pitch off of adrenaline, and you know he you know he had a lot of nerves. So I think Michael Grove did just a fantastic job of controlling all those things. He has made a start back in AAA Oklahoma City since, so he is with Oklahoma City now as we speak. So Michael Grove uh, made his dreams come true, got a start. His first start in his Major League debut will not be his last. He is back with Oklahoma City. Had a good start the other day, so looking forward to getting to cover him a little bit more in AAA. The next guy I wanted to cover, I had a chance to talk to about a month ago, and he is just a wonderful young man to talk to. Calls himself Showtime, Yency Almonte. He pitches with a lot of confidence. He likes to throw that slider to the glove side, to the back foot of lefties, running away from right-handers, and he is very good at it. He, you know, in the offseason, he came to the Dodgers. He was DFA'd by Colorado, chose free agency. There's that slider I was talking about to that back foot. He chose the Dodgers, and on the second day with the club, the club sat him down, told him what they wanted to do with him. Basically, what it was is ditch the four seam. You see that two seam right there. Instead, throw that two seam with sink and then rely on that slider and then also the sinker. There's the slider we're talking about, and it has absolutely hit with Almonte. There's a changeup. He doesn't throw the changeup very often. As a matter of fact, he's, he's pretty much not thrown it hardly at all. He's thrown that two seam and the sinker instead, and then that big slider to go along with his two seam fastball that has a lot of sink to it. So, Yency Almonte was given a game plan by the Dodgers. It has absolutely worked. And just looking at the amount of confidence that he pitches with to go with the talent and the major league experience, there's that slider. This has been a very, very good 
The next guy I want to talk about is Yancy Almonte. I got a chance to talk to him about a month ago. He is a wonderful young man. He calls himself Showtime. He has a lot of confidence because when he was younger, he would windmill dunk on the playground and then also on his high school hardwood. And so he got the moniker Showtime and he stuck with it. But he came to the Dodgers. He was DFA'd by Colorado. He chose free agency. Second day he was in the organization. There's that big slider. The Dodgers basically ditched his four seam and, and had him started throwing sinkers and two seams instead. And then that glove side slider to go with his four seam, there is that two seam sinker that we're talking about. And it has just absolutely worked for him. Yancy Almonte, there's the big slider, has just absolutely taken off with the instruction and the game plan the Dodgers have had for him. So I look for, you know, I, I wrote about him. There's an article on Dodger Poke. There's a feature cut on my YouTube page if you want to go a little bit more into detail. I wrote about him, did a feature cut on him, how I really thought this was going to be a big match for him and how well he was going to do, and he certainly has done that. Next guy I wanted to highlight was Justin Brule. Justin just recently got brought back up to Los Angeles from Oklahoma City. I wanted to congratulate him on his callback and, and for doing such a great job. He has not allowed an earned run in his four appearances since being recalled to L.A., so congratulations to Justin Brule. Uh, he's been featuring about a oh, 76, 77-mile-an-hour slider, 86 on his sinker that, that we've seen so many times. There's that four-seam up in the zone. That's anywhere from about 87 to 90. So a sinker, uh, four-seam up in the zone, 87 to 90. And then and then the uh, the slider at 76, 77. Justin Brule has, has used that mix to, as we said, uh, not allow an earned run in his four appearances since he's come back up with Los Angeles. So I wanted to make sure and mention Justin Brule for getting recalled and the great job that he has done. So great job, Justin Brule, and congratulations. You can't do a Dodgers Down on the Farm podcast and talk about all the prospects in the organization if you don't talk about Miguel Vargas. Now, obviously, we all know how well Vargas can hit. He was a double-A central hitting champion last year. The question has always been, what position does he play? Can he play good enough defense? Well, watch this. Back in the hole, goes to his back end, turns and pivots, throws the ball to second base very well. Miguel Vargas, I can tell you, I've seen it with my own eyes in Oklahoma City. He has absolutely made massive improvement at third base, even over from last year. I got to see him at third base a lot in AA Tulsa a year ago. I got to see him just the other night, I think, last Tuesday. He is much, much, much improved defensively at third base so as you see this play Miguel Vargas obviously we know that he can hit let's go over some of his hitting numbers he's hitting 311 again he was the the double a central hitting champion a year ago he's hitting 311 his OPS is 933 he has hits in 17 of his last 20 games and during that stretch he is 33 for 91 which is a 362 average in his last 20 uh, 20 games during that time, he has four doubles, two triples, five home runs, 17 RBIs, and 56 total bases. So obviously, Miguel Vargas can hit, but I wanted to show you a video of his defense and show you just how much he's improved defensively and the upside he has there because I think when you talk to Dodgers fans and, and you know that the name Miguel Vargas comes up, the question they have is, can he play major league caliber defense? And I wanted to show you that, that he is actually getting quite a bit better over at the hot corner. I wanted to show you the best moment of the week, probably in the Dodgers minor league system. And this was the walk-off. You see that ball get by the right fielder. 
from Eddie Alvarez that scored Zach McKinstry all the way around from first base that gave the Dodgers a win in a game that lasted less than three hours on getaway day. And you can see with all the accomplishments that Eddie Alvarez has in his life with the two medals that he won in the Olympics and, and all the success he's had in baseball, you can see just how excited he was for that walk-off. Let's go over some of the things he's done, and he has been on an absolute tear at Oklahoma City. Eddie Alvarez, uh, you know, the, just yesterday snapped a nine-game hitting streak where during that nine-game hitting streak, he went 18 for 36. He was 18 for 36 until he snapped his nine-game hitting streak yesterday. During that streak, during that nine-game hitting streak, he had five doubles, he had a triple, he had a home run, 12 RBIs, and 30 total bases. So far on the year, Eddie Alvarez is hitting 325. He has an OPS of 995, and he has provided, as you can see, Travis Barbary walking off there. As you, There's Michael Grove there on the left coming back from his, uh, his debut in L.A., but Eddie Alvarez has provided a lot of offense. He's provided leadership. He's provided mentorship, and he has provided a lot of production in AAA Oklahoma City. There's Zach McKinstry, one of my favorites, scoring the winning run in that game. Stefan Romero is a veteran outfielder that the Dodgers got off a of free agency from the Seattle Mariners who designated him for assignment last year. Romero has really been hot. He had all three RBIs Saturday evening in the Oklahoma City Dodgers win at Sugar Land. And, and he has been very, very hot, as I said. He had a home run again on Sunday. He's seven for his last 13. He's hitting 316 so far in Oklahoma City. He has an OPS of 960. So, you know, more depth in that outfield for the Dodgers. We talk about all of the, the, the depth that the Dodgers have at every position. Certainly the outfield is one of those areas that the Dodgers are very, very well covered. Stefan Romero adds to that. Maybe a name that a lot of Dodgers fans didn't realize was on the roster, but he has had a very good start in Oklahoma City. Next guy we're going to talk about, Reyes Maranta. You know, he had all the success with San Francisco a couple of years ago. He went up with L.A. earlier this year, had a pretty good stint with them, back down in AAA and doing a good job with AAA Oklahoma City. Had a chance to talk to Reyes oh, about a month ago, same day I talked to Yency. Uh, very, very uh, nice young man, and, and you know, he, he is very excited to be a Dodger. Here's him working, you know, just kind of working himself out of a jam. It was first and second, nobody out, and he was using that slider and then a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, doing a very good job getting himself out of this jam. There's that slider and got out of it unscathed. So Reyes Maranta back down with Oklahoma City, working his way back up to L.A., a very valuable experience piece that the Dodgers have in their system at the AAA level right now. Kind of one of those fringy 4A guys that can come up and help during spells that the Dodgers need him. And it's something he did earlier this year, something I think he'll probably do again.
Garrett Clevenger worked himself out of a jam the other day as he worked around two strikes and then struck out the side to get out of the jam. This is a young man that has dynamite stuff, as you can see, with that left-handed fastball. He was touching 95 with the fastball, mid-70s with the breaking ball, had the back foot slider working. That was just really, really nasty. There is that slider I'm talking about. So a lot of good stuff from Garrett Clevenger. Struck out the side, very unhittable stuff. Worked around two walks. So he's there's that back foot slider I was talking about a minute ago that that Sugarland just could not deal with. So I wanted to show you Garrett Clevenger and where he's at with the club and how good of a job he is doing. John Duplantier is a young man I have seen with my own eyes on a couple of occasions right now, and his secondary stuff is very, very, very good. He was 93-94 the other night when I saw him in Oklahoma City, and he was commanding that, that slider pitch that he likes to throw and that, that big breaking ball. There's that four seam up in the zone that he pairs with the breaking ball. There it is. There is that dime that he likes to drop. John Duplantier, he's another one of those guys kind of like Yancy Almonte, Reyes Maranta, he brings a lot of experience to the Dodgers. He brings talent. He brings a, you know, a culture guy, just a great young man. So Duplantier, I think he is he is a tremendous pickup for the Dodgers in the offseason. And and he's a guy that that if you need somebody to come up in the bullpen and and you know maybe work the middle innings in LA, he is a definitely a viable option because that right there, that that breaking ball to pair with that four seam that he likes to throw will play at any level, and there's that slider. So we saw the breaking ball, the slider, the four-seam up. That will play at the next level. So I think John Duplantier has a career with L.A. at some point if the Dodgers need to bring him up and get some middle inning relief and get some outs in the middle inning as the, you know, the, the 162-game season goes on. You need a lot of depth, and Duplantier is one of those guys that can give you that and quality depth at that. Well, we all know the story of Carson Fulmer, how the Dodgers brought him up and then just two days later designated him for assignment. That was, you know, one of those deals that had bad optics, but it actually gave him the best opportunity that he could have had to stick on a 40-man roster. He cleared waivers, so the Dodgers re-signed him, which in my opinion was most likely just a formality because he has had just a tremendous year. He has done nothing but just mow people down out of the Oklahoma City bullpen you see the elite stuff. There is that 12-6 breaking ball that he has had all year long to go with a good fastball that has a lot of movement to it. 1.47 ERA. Look at that changeup to end the game Saturday night. The emotions. Carson Fulmer is a young man that I'm just telling you right now. I, of all the people, of course, you know, whenever you cover prospects and you just see their journey, you get kind of attached to their stories and, and you get to know kind of where they came from and all of the obstacles they've had to overcome to get where they're at. This is one of those young men that you root for because you look at all the things he's gone through. There is nobody on earth that, that could have had or who has had more opportunities just to say, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to throw the towel in and, and I'm going to go try something else. 
You know, he was a first-round draft pick 2015 from the White Sox, and he's been DFA'd six different times. And so if anybody had the, the opportunity just to throw in the towel and say, you know what, I gave it a good shot, but, it, you know, it just wasn't meant for me. It is Carson Fulmer, but he just keeps going. He keeps grinding, and, you know, he, he's – he keeps doing a great job again with a 1.47 ERA, and I, if he keeps throwing like this, and I know the optics look bad whenever the Dodgers brought him up and then sent him right back down on the DFA assignment, uh, and although the optics look bad on that, I don't see any way that the Dodgers can deny the fact that this guy can help because he has been very good in the bullpen. He, you know, he's an awesome person, so he's a great culture guy. He's great in the locker room. So Carson Fulmer, I want to definitely mention. Just, you know, I don't know the guy, so to say I'm proud of him probably wouldn't be the right way to put it, but but proud of the story, I should say, as far as just, you know, just the stick to that he has shown. He is a great example for, for any young kid that, that wants to become what they want to become of just sticking to it and, and just keep going until you reach your goals. Another young man that is very, very, very easy to root for, Zach McKinstry, has had just a whale of a year for Oklahoma City. He's hitting 358. His OPS is 937, and he has done nothing but show leadership, be a great example for some of the younger guys. You know, he. I wrote a story on him, and I'm going to release it here in just the next couple of days. I hope whenever I go work Oklahoma City again, I get to talk to him because about a month ago, he was coming back down from Los Angeles, and he had a big, big heavy travel day, and, and Travis Barbary gave him the option whether he wanted to play or not. And I'm sure he's very tired because he's been traveling all day. But like he always does, he chose to play. You know, when he was at Central Michigan, he started in every game but one in his two years there in 2015-2016. Chose to play, went 0 for 4, had four errors defensively, and just being the stand-up guy that he is, he would rather do that and play because he is a nose-of-the-grindstone kind of guy than make an excuse and not play. So much respect for Zach McKinstry and the job that he's done with Oklahoma City, the leadership that he has shown. I certainly hope that he gets out of this fringy 4A stage that he's in right now and establishes a role with the big club here in the near future and and just kind of just niches that out and never comes back to Oklahoma City and has a great major league career because he is a wonderful young man. Certainly one, if you watch him much at all, you start rooting for, and that's kind of the boat I'm in right now. Having seen him and grown so much respect for him, I'm just rooting for him to get out of here, out of Oklahoma City, get back to Los Angeles, and get that career right back on track and, and, and get a role that he can stick with for the long term. I hope that you enjoyed the very first edition of the Dodger Poke Down on the Farm podcast. Don't forget to go to the podcast streaming service of your choice, search Dodger Poke Report, and click subscribe so you can get each and every episode that is released from Dodger Poke every Tuesday. And also, I hope that you visit Dodger Poke on the internet at dodgerpokereport.com or visit Dodger Poke on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. As always, I'm glad that you've tuned in, and go Dodgers!